are the holy God. And you are worthy to be praised and worthy to receive glory and honor and power. We thank you this morning that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Lord, yes, Lord, we still thank you, Father, every day for the resurrection power of Jesus Christ working in our lives. And I thank you this morning, Lord, that your word is true. And Lord, that every word that be spoken this morning will be have your anointing and it will be the words that you would have spoken. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for all your many blessings. Lord, we just pray your blessings upon your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. You know, you, there, there's so many things that go on in our lives, and you may be seated, and there's so many things that happen sometimes. Any of you ever have a busy week? This has been one of the busiest weeks I've had in a long time. I was telling Peggy, I said, it just keeps, keeps on going. But we have to be like the, what, the little Energizer Bunny or whatever he is and keep on going and going and going. <laughs> but, you know, I um, this week I've just been concentrating on this. Oh, I do want to say thank you guys for praying our, uh, you know, we, we were supposed to be in Nicaragua this week, and we didn't, weren't allowed to go because of the airlines. They canceled the flight. And so we decided that we had already had these plans of having, you know, these conferences, two pastors, well, three or four pastors' conferences, whatever they were. And we, so we came in Monday, and we recorded the pastors' conference. Darren did a um, children's uh, teacher conference. And it really went over well. Um, they had more than they thought they were going to have in Chinandega. Uh, I, I don't know the exact amount in Messiah. Brian hooked up with me live yesterday so we could see part of it. But we did it here. We had a, a gracious, I just want to thank Martha Parra for helping us. She was a great translator. She did a great job. Um, she, um, and then... But anyway, it, it ministered to the people. We had already rented places and had food coming and all that kind of stuff, and, you know, we did it. But thank God we were able to do that. You know, we didn't. We would have loved to rather have been there, except for the, it's so cool there. It's just hard to imagine what it would have been like. But because um, we saw, Brian showed us the place that we were going to be eating lunch, and it was open air. And, you know, in Chenandega, that would be nice. But. Praise the Lord that that worked out great, and um, it, it was good. And um, just thank you guys for praying. And I thank God that he allows us to be able to do stuff like this, you know, to be able to. We couldn't be there, but we sent it there. And um, the people were excited, and, and they, they, they were thankful. And so I just, this morning, I, this week I've been like, you know, you have those days. I had all this other stuff going on. I'm like, Lord. And, you know, the biggest thing that came to me was, you know, the word engage, and then the Lord said re-engage. Because after last year, our, our past year, we've had a lot of kind of, in some senses, the word disengages because we weren't together um, in, in a sense. And, and, and physically, we weren't together. But the Lord started speaking about we need to re-engage. You know, um, if you think about any motor or vehicle or whatever old clocks it was funny i was winding i have an 
one of these old clocks that you have to wind. And I was winding that, and um, my granddaughter said, Papa, what's wrong? What are you doing? Because I hadn't seen things like that. I said, I'm winding my clock. I have to wind it once a week. And, um, but you know what's inside there? It's all kinds of gears. And if those gears, if one gets out of line or bent or broken or worn, it won't keep good time. And you know another thing about this clock that I have? Nobody don't tell anybody this, but I've got a little pencil mark on the wall. Because if that clock is not straight, level with that pencil mark, it won't keep the right time. Move it a little bit. Isn't that funny? But you know what? It's the same way with us as the body of Christ. If everybody's not doing their thing, we get a little off kilter. And it makes it harder on the other guys. It makes it harder on the other um, gears. You know, when you're missing something, it's like, oh, I'm missing it. And I know this last year's been difficult, and people have been joining online, and thank you. But, you know, just engaging, just sending a note saying, you know, we're, we're praying. We're with you. I get notes. I get little messages sometimes after Sunday and people saying, you know, I enjoyed this sermon. Thank you for, you know, putting out where we can get to it. And, and so, but I want us to talk about the reengaging process kind of this morning. And, and, and how the, the, our, the body of Christ is made up of what? Parts. This body right here is made up of par- lots of parts. Parts that are even microscopic that we don't even realize that are there. And if they aren't all working right, we start realizing it's there. You know, and the younger we get, like Ray and I and some other people here, you know, our, our body starts saying, you know what, this part's a little bit warm, so just take it easy on it. <laughs> even when you have to do things for your wife like dig three-foot holes in the ground and put up something she wanted. That was her anniversary present. So So I want to talk about, I want to give you a definition of to engage. It means to pledge oneself or to promise. You know, when we engage, when we become a part of something, we make a promise. We pledge ourselves to it, right? We should. And then the second part of that is to take part or to participate. To take part and to participate. You know, we want to be a part of something. And to be a part of something, you have to what? Participate. You know, it's easy to sit back and let everybody else do everything. And I'm not fussing at the people here. I'm just saying this is what we need to think about when we're trying to reengage that, 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 that we, we, you know, we, we participate. It's easy to see the ones that really are in there to watch them do it and say, that's awesome, that's nice. To give attention to something. To put, give your attention to what God has called you and, and, and us to do, the body of Christ. To come together and interlock as of machinery parts. Be or become in gear. Now, those of us who know how to drive, we called it a straight drive back in my day, but a stick shift. You know what a stick shift is? Well, um, it has to get in gear. Now you just push the gas pedal and as long as everything's, as long as all those gears, transmissions are full of gears, and as long as they're sinking, they'll go. But, you know, we used to have to put your foot on the clutch and pull it down, and my Camaro's like that, and I love that. Peggy want to know why I did that, but it's fun. And, and so you keep changing. You become, you got to put it in gear. 
so we're going to talk about involvement. You know, and, and being involved is more than physical. It's in prayer. It's in, in giving. It's in, um, you know, lifting other people up. Just, just, you know, say something encouraging to somebody. When something happens in their life, send them an encouraging note. You say, well, I don't know how to do that. Then call the office. Say, hey, how can I encourage this person? I want to encourage them. I want to, to and we've had some things happen lately. We want to be of encouragement. So involvement means to engage as a participant. So we're engaging as a participant. We're becoming involved to relate closely. Involvement is a close thing. It's not, you're not involved if you're way out here looking at it and say, well, that's awesome, you know. That's great. But involvement is, is to relate closely. So I want to give you two parts to this involvement thing. Um, and, and then we're going to, I'm going to read a good bit of scripture in a moment, so you just be ready. If you want to, if you want to look at it, and if you have your Bibles, or going to, it's 1 Corinthians 12. We'll be reading the majority of that chapter, um, which it will be up here and on the screen. But I encourage you, one day I'm going to put them out there, and you're going to have to bring your Bibles, and you're going to be like, wait a minute. So the first part of that is inward or in the body. Like there are things inside of us that are inward that work, right? And nobody sees how that works. I mean, you know, I, I walk up to you and your heart's beating, but I couldn't. The only way I know is that you're speaking to me, right? But I don't see your heart going. I don't see your lungs going in and out, in and out. I don't see those things. But first it's in the body so we're in the body of christ and most of us not only in the body of christ but we're called to a local body right and god calls us to a local body where we're a part of and that body is a part of the whole body of christ so it takes all these local bodies all these parts and we're part of that part so let's go to first corinthians 12 verse 1 the first seven verses i'll be reading out of the new living and then the rest of them I will be reading out of the, the Passion Translation. You say, why? Because I, I just like the way it says it. And it, it kind of brings out, when you go back and look at some of the, the Greek and stuff, it kind of brings, they bring it out differently. So it says, now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. So it's not just physical. A lot of times we think about all the physical abilities we have and all the things that we can do physically and mentally. Like, well, you know, I know how to do that. I know how to do this. I know how to do that. I know how to do this, so I'll use that. And that's good, but there are spiritual abilities that God gives us also. There are spiritual gifts that each one of us has instilled inside of us that God expects us to use. And so many times all we think about is the physical part. You know, like when something comes up at the church, Oh, I know how to run a chainsaw. I'll go help do that. Or I, I'll, I know how to turn a bolt. You know, whatever it might be. But it's more than that. He gave each one of us spiritual abilities. Some of us know how to, to, and we'll go over some of that later, but some of us know how to serve. That's our spiritual ability. You th that's a spiritual gift? Yes. It really is. Paul listed. Some of you know how to love people. That's a spiritual gift, to be able to love somebody more than some of the rest of us. Some of the rest of us have to work at it sometimes, right? Some people have to work at it. 
Some people don't. Some people, that's just their gift. They, they just love everybody. My wife's one of them for the most part. Except when she gets upset with me. You know that when, we're still going to continue. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols? So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So Paul's saying, okay, you're, you can't do these things without the power of the Holy Spirit, without the Holy Spirit speaking them through. You can't say that and really beat it without the Holy Spirit directing you. So he's saying, okay, since the Spirit of God is in you and since he's directing you, he said, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. So the same Spirit that, that, that the spiritual gifts we all have come from the same source. But God just put different things in different people. We can kind of operate in all of those in a lot of ways, but some of us have more of a gifting. God gave us more of a gifting of that certain thing. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. So there are different ways to serve, but we serve the same God. You know, we're all in our makeup different. Churches are different. When I'm saying churches, I mean, you know, local bodies, they're, they're different. And they all have their thing, their gifting that, that, that God gave them and put in, just like inside of us, physical, you know, inside of us, he also inside of different churches put different giftings that they're strong in, and that's what they do. You know, one of ours here is to, to the mission part. That's one of our big gifts that God has, has set us to do. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. So, and it goes, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. So everybody has a spiritual gift, right? That's what it said. Paul says is we each have one. Why? So we can help each other. We each have something that helps the other person. We, as I said, our thing that we're strong in, we have, that helps. And when we put all that together, and when we're in sync and we're engaged, you know, it's a smooth running thing. You know, there's a thing in, in a transmission, I, I guess it's still the same. They used to call it synchronization. And in some of my older cars, if I, I could change gears without a clutch. Because I, I, I knew I could hear that synchronization. And when it got to the right spot, I let off the gas. Made you do it quicker so you could go faster. My dad was... Um, was a truck driver for over 50 years, and I watched him do that. You know, back then they had two gear sticks, and they had to do them all at the same, they had to do all this stuff. And um, so there's a synchronization. And when we're in sync, wow, we don't even have to slow down. When the gears are going right, when the gears are in sync, we can just keep on going. And it's a smooth thing. It's not a... You ever been around somebody trying to learn first time for a stick shift? <laughs> Jerk your head off? I've helped teach people. Some never learned. Just don't get that. So now we're going to 1 Corinthians 12, 8. 
And I'm changing to the Passion Translation. For example, the Spirit gives to, to one the gift of the word of wisdom. So he gives some people, these are the spiritual gifts that's listening here that are not necessarily the serving spiritual gifts, but it's the gifts of the word of wisdom. Uh, some say it's the word of knowledge. He gives people special wisdom about certain things, about spiritual things. Somebody can walk up to you, you know, you know the Lord was, I was thinking of you today, and the Lord told me that you having this going on, and this is what you should do. And we have the opportunity to hear it or not hear it. That's up to us. But if we trust that person and we know that person operates in that gifts, then we receive it, right? So it's a word of wisdom. To another, the same spirit gives the gift of the word of revelation knowledge. In other words, he reveals stuff to us. He reveals knowledge of certain things to us. And to another, the same spirit gives the gift of faith. We know people that are just... Have, you know, we're all given the measure of faith, but there are some people that have built the faith, and God's given them a special gift in that faith, and their faith is strong, right? Some people have that special gift of faith. And to another, the same Spirit gives gifts of healing. There are people that, that, uh, that have the gift of healing, of praying for people to be healed, physically, mentally, spiritually, in, in all different ways, but physically and mentally. I've seen it happen. I've watched it, especially in years ago. And to another, the power to work miracles. And to another, the gift of prophecy. And to another, the gift of to discern what the Spirit is speaking. It gives people, the, this is what God is saying. We, we all need discernment, and we all should have a part of discernment in us. But some people have more discernment than others, that they can discern what the Spirit of God is speaking. When he's speaking out, I can discern, I, oh yeah, I got that. And there's sometimes we go to people that we know that, that have that gifting and say, you know, what, what did God speak to you out of that? What did you get out of that? And we know that they have that working inside of them. And to another, the gift of speaking different kinds of tongues. And to another, the gift of interpretation of tongues. We know that there's people that have that gifting. No people that, that, that um, know how they, they hear that, they can interpret that. So there's all kinds of gifts. There are spiritual gifts. There are, are gifts that aren't just related to the physical, but they're pure spiritual gifts that we have, that people have, and we need to recognize that. We need to allow that to operate in our midst. We need to allow that to operate in our lives. We need to pe allow God to do what he wants to do. See, we, all, we always want to do what we want to do, the way we want to do it, and how we want to do it. And if it makes our flesh feel good, then we're for it. But if it don't, we don't want it. We've got to realize we have to let God do things the way he wants to do it, the way he does it, and not the way we want. And he goes on and says, remember, it is the same Holy Spirit who distributes, activates, and operates these different gifts as he chooses for each believer. It says it's as God chooses, not as we choose. One of the things I think in that we can't just say, well, I'm going to have this gift, and I'm going to do it, right? But God chooses that. God chooses to put that in you. You can't just say, I, you know, this is, I want that gift. You know, that happened back you know, in the Scripture the word talks about people I want that gift I want that gift you know even to the point of who was it Simon that tried to pay for the gifts I want that gift I'll pay you 
Just tell me how much. Well, you can't buy it. You can't choose it yourself. You can't do it yourself. You can't make yourself be what God hasn't chosen you to be. And there are so many Christians running around today doing that, trying to be something God never called them to be. Amen? <laughs> really, that's the truth. So he chooses it for each believer. Just as a human body is one, though it has many parts that together form one body, body so too is Christ. Christ is the head of the body, right? And we're the parts of the body. So it says, you know, the human body is one, though it's got many parts. I mean, think, just think of the parts that you can think of that your body has. And everything has a purpose, right? Every part of your body has a purpose. Sometimes I wonder, why do, what's the purpose of a fingernail? Just make it stop growing and I don't have to cut it. Because I don't like for it to get any long at all. It aggravates me. Especially if I'm working and it, then it gets in the way. So it's many parts. So Christ's body has many parts too. But every part of Christ's body, whether you think it or not, has a purpose. And it's his purpose. And we can't, we go into that, we're getting ready to go in that, but we can't decide what we want to be and we can't get upset with those that have those gifts for by one spirit we were all immersed and mingled into one single body so by the spirit of god and i think in uh, other translations said we were baptized into one body baptized into one spirit so we were all immersed and mingled into one single body so god put us all together you know if you build something you put it all together and it Come, becomes one and is a function for each one of it, each part of it. Just like I said in the engine, there's you put all those parts together and it works. All right. What if your engine, if your, um, say your piston decided it wanted to be a water pump? It wouldn't work good, right? It wouldn't do. So it's got to be what it's supposed to be and no matter our status whether we are jews or non-jews we are all privileged to drink deeply of the same holy spirit in other words we are deeply of the same holy spirit we're all um a part of that so we we all have that privilege whether you're jew or not jew whether you're um um american or you know whatever wherever you're from we all, none of us have the, I can't think of the word, but none of us have the market on it. You know what I'm saying? We're all part of it, and God's mingled us together for a purpose. You, you, do you know that, that, that right here in this church we all have a purpose, and we're mingled together with the people in Nicaragua for a purpose? They have their purpose there. We have our purpose here. We assist them when we can. They assist us. So, so God is put us all together and we, for, by one spirit we're all immersed and mingled into one single body oppressed or free we are all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit in fact the human body is not one single part but rather many parts mingled into one so we're not the, the human body and neither is the spiritual body we're not just one big part if I was just one big part, I'd be like a um, gummy bear. <laughs> a gummy bear can't do anything but look like a gummy bear, right? 
He can't move. He can't move his arms. He can't. It's just, and I'm using that expression because it's just one solid thing. And it, it, it's just one part. Um, if my hand was just right here and that's all there was here, I couldn't talk or hear or see or do anything else. I could do this maybe. But that'd be it. So if the foot were to say, since I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of the body. It's forgetting that it is still a vital part of the body. And you can say, well, uh, because I don't stand up and preach or because I'm just working in the background. I was working in, 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 with the kids or I just work with the nursery. Or I just work with the youth or, I, you know, I just help um, with the um, um, ushering. I help with the meals. I do this. I do that. I help clean, whatever it is. You can't say that because I'm not the hand, I'm not a part of the body because you are. Everything that you do is important because the hand can't do without the other parts. And if the ear were to say, since I'm not an eye, I'm not really a part of the body, it's forgetting that it is still an important part of the body because this this next, I like this. Think of it this way. If the whole body were just an eyeball, how could it hear sounds? What if I was just a big eyeball? Right? I couldn't hear anything. I couldn't do anything but see. And that's good that I could see. But if you can only see, then that's all. You know, you got to be able to hear. you got to be able to do all these things. So, you know, it's, it, we need to all be a part. We need to realize that we are a part. And if the whole body were just an ear, how could it smell different fragrances? It'd be like. But God has carefully designed each member and placed it in the body to function as he desires. That's what we got to get straight, that we, we listen to him and we hear him and we operate the way he tells us to. And we operate in the gift that he's called us to, not in somebody else's gift can't do what somebody else you got to be in your own gifting a diversity is required for if the body consisted of one single part there wouldn't be a body at all you couldn't call it a body a body is made up of parts so now we see that there are many differing parts and functions but one body so we're all part of the body of christ we're all here at image church part of the body here at image and we each have what a function we each have a part we each have something that we do and when we don't do it the rest of the body feels it right if i don't do my part the rest of the body feels it what if i sitting out there on sunday morning say you know what? i ain't going out there i just don't feel like it this morning i think i'll just sit in my office and then y'all be sitting here like wonder when pastor bill's coming They'd be, Darren, where's Pastor Bill? He said, I don't know. He's sitting in his office. Said he wasn't coming out. And then all of a sudden, somebody has to try to fill in. Not saying that they can't, but I'm just saying that what if that happened? What if, I'm going to use different examples of people. What if Robert just got up right now and said, I ain't doing this this morning. I don't feel like it anymore. I'll just let the computer run itself. We, it wouldn't work. What if the the Half the worship team decided. 
So we all have a part and we all have a function and it's important. It would be wrong for the eye to say to the hand, I don't need you, and equally wrong if the head said to the foot, I don't need you. In fact, the weaker our parts, the more vital and essential they are. Now think about that. Now we see the outward parts, and we think, oh, man, that's, you know, that's the thing. But you know how small and in size, insignificant a vein, a, a vein, a vein is, a nerve a tendon, a ligament, right? You don't see it, right? And you think, well, it's not. well, you know, when I was in Nicaragua several, however long, 10 years ago or more, when I cut my hand, I found out real quick how some unseen parts work. What happens if they're not there? Because I'm standing there, you know, I cut my hand and, and blood's going everywhere. And I thought, well, you know, I cut my hand. Then all of a sudden I went, and nothing happened. Thank God we had a nurse with us, and I said, Steve, I can't move my thumb. He said, oh, no. So I cut that tendon. But can I see that tendon? No. Have I ever really thought about what that does? Not really. Not until that point that it would not work anymore because it had been severed. It had been cut. I really found out how important and how I thought, well, you know, just you, you just don't think and then as I was praying about this and preparing this all week I got to thinking about every little thing in my body that works that if it don't work even if I don't see it even if I don't there are parts probably down there I don't even know about really that, that I'm not sure about because it's been a long time since I studied and you know since high school that I studied anything about biology and you know I was all into it back then but I don't remember everything. Then it says the body parts we think are less honorable, we treat with greater respect. Don't we try to protect the things we don't, like our hearts, something we don't see is very, very important. But we don't see it, but we do a lot to protect it, right? We do a lot to protect our eyes, our ears. We do a lot to protect our hands, our feet. We even wear clothing to protect our body. We do all kinds of things. But we treat them, and the body parts that need to be covered in public, we treat them with propriety and clothe them. We know when we go outside and it's really cold, not everybody, you know, there's a couple people that don't wear coats too much, but most people put on a jacket. Or put on, like when I used to work outside, I put on long johns, my, my uniform, and coveralls. When it was really, really cold and I had to crawl on the ground or lay. I mean, we protect ourselves. We know we got to protect ourselves. But some of our body, body parts don't require as much attention. Instead, God has mingled the body parts together, giving greater honor to the lesser members who lacked it. In other words, just because it's something that you think, well, you know, it's not important if, I, if I'm not doing it. Yes, it is. Because if you're not doing it, guess what? The rest of the body suffers. If everything that has to be put together, just say on Sunday morning, if everybody said, well, you know, well, I don't really do that. Pastor Bill's just going to get up and speak. Then it would, I would suffer, <laughs> and everybody would suffer. But everything, that, don't think that what God has given you is not important. And don't disengage because of that. 
well, you know, I don't need to do that, so I'm just going to come over here. And somebody, you know, take care of it. But nobody can, every member would look after you. Know, that's important. That's very important. It's important to me. It's important. I feel it, and I suffer because of it. And it, that way there's no, it says, I like that, there's no what you do. Or if you think, well, it's not important, I'm doing, nobody ever says, you know, we really missed you. One suffers, the body, we all suffer. And you say, well, have you ever stumped your toe real hard? Everything suffered. <laughs> it comes out your mouth. You hit it that hard and it turns all different colors. It hurt. That little toe hurts. And I quickly realized, I, you know, you can't walk as good. Can't get around as good. Everything affects someone, and everybody suffers to a certain extent if one suffers. That's why we need to hold each other up in prayer. If one is honored, honored everyone rejoices. We should rejoice when, when, when someone is honored. In other words, when you're doing your job and I come in and say, thank you, guys. You know, when we have a work day, I say, thank you, guys, for coming and working. Thank you, guys, for doing this. Thank you for just being here. Thank you, guys, for, 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 for you know, like when you got people that know how to serve you, this Horace and Betty example, that's their gifting, and they do it. And we don't ever have to think about, will this be here, will that be here, or whatever. You see this bottle of water? This is Betty's. She makes sure my bottle of water's there. Now, I don't know, maybe twice in the whole time she's ever slipped up on it. And it's important. If I need it, it's there. So there are different ones. You know, we have ushers. We have, like I said, children's workers. It's important. You know, part of this involvement and part of this Getting together is, is, is the word interlock. You know, interlock is kind of like that chain, you know. If you see those little, um, little bubble-looking things on there, in real life, those things unscrew. You can hook them together and screw them back, and they're interlocked. Unless somebody unscrews it, they're not coming together. Chains interlock together. Give me a definition to interlock. To become locked together or interconnected. To lock together are to unite. So we're a unit, and we're to be united. And when we're hooked together, we're united. We function the way we're supposed to function. And there's um, a TV show thing that used to be on called The Weakest Link, something like that. And it was, I think it's a game show. I don't know if I, did I ever watch it? I don't probably did at some point but it, that was always a weak link and they had to figure out who the weakest link was it also means to connect so that motion or operation of any part is constrained by another in other words it's it's inter, it's it's in interlocked or, or if it's gears that are interlocked the motion or the operation of it is constrained by another in other words it's dependent on another one we're not a gear out there running around by ourselves we can, you know, a gear by itself can spin a lot, do a lot of things, but it's just spinning. But when it's interlocked with another gear that's hooked to another gear, that's hooked to another gear, just in the clock, and the gears go up till it gets to the second hand, 
the hour hand, the minute hand. And guess what happens? When all that's put together, it works good. It works good. So when we're interlocked, when we're hooked together, when we're united, our operation is constrained by another. In other words, it's dependent on the other person doing their job. So it's like this. Listen to this statement. If you have a collection of individuals rather than a team, it's hard to be successful. And you know what? It's easy to collect people when you're trying to do something. You know, if, you, if you're hiring people for a job and you just collect everybody you see and they don't really know how to do that job or they don't know how to do this or do that, and you just get, you got a collection of people. If you hire, you know, if you have an electrical company and you hire these guys that never even seen a piece of wire, you just got a collection of people and you got a mess. But when you got a team, see, when you have a team, everybody has their what? Position. Everybody knows where they're supposed to be. Football team, baseball team, hopefully everybody knows where they're supposed to be. When you're first starting out, you don't. I mean, when I first, I played football for a little while, and I remember the coach hollering at me, and he's like, if you're going to be out there, get in your position. Because I got out of position. So we need to have a team. Romans 12, verses 4 through 6, deals with this too. It says, just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with the body of Christ. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to what? Each other. So we're a team. We're all together. We all belong to each other. You belong to me, and I belong to you. And we work together. Uh, any company has a team, right? Sometimes you have different teams. This team does this. This team does that. This team does that. And guess what? All together, they do one big thing. So if God has given you ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. And if your gift is, is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. In other words, whatever your gifting is, do it well. Whatever your gifting is, you know your gifting is that, then study. Be fervent in it. Learn to do it. The more you learn to do your job, the better you are at it. And the better the whole team will be. The better everything will be the better we can be to reach if your gift is encourage others be encouraging if it is giving give generously if god has given you leadership ability take that responsibility seriously and if you have a gift for showing kindness to others do it gladly you know a person that has a gift of kindness don't go i don't really want to be kind to him because i don't really like him no you got the gift of kindness you you, you do have the gift of kindness. And you, you will do, hopefully you will do it gladly. Maybe when you first start out, you have to learn that. If you're serving people, if you're teaching, whatever it is that God has given you to do, whatever he has called you to do, you need to do it with gladness. I think it, that works on everything. You know, some people, they're on this earth to encourage people. I know people like that. They, I mean, I've had people that encouraged me when I, sometimes they didn't even want to be encouraged. But they encouraged me. And I, uh, 
like I said, there are people that can't be here right now. They, they watch online and they send me a text. We Thank you for, you know, and, and it's encouraging. It encourages me. It makes me, hey, somebody actually is listening. Thank you guys out there. There are people in here that encourage me. So there's some things we need to do. First, you need to find your place. You need to find out what that place is that God wants you to do, what that calling is in your life. Find your place and do it. You know, I don't know of anybody or any, if, you're, if you really know what you're supposed to do, you find your place and come and say, look, this is what I do. Help me to do it. And then, you know, we'll do that. We'll help you find your place sometimes. And then get hooked up. See, this is the involvement. This is the inward part. You got to get hooked up. You can't do something unless you get hooked up. You know, you, you ever seen, um, I've seen this happen. I don't think I've done it, but I've seen a couple of people do it. Is they've got to pull a trailer, you know, a little small trailer, and they take off and they forgot to hook up. They turn around and look, wait a minute. It's not back there. I got to go back and get it. You got to get hooked up. And then there's the outward part. We talked about the inward part, the body part. There's the outward part. And, you know, I can say in the community. And not just the community, but the whole world. So we got to go further than just here, just where we're at. You know, wherever you live, you need to be touching your community. In this church, we need to be touching our community. And we do that in different ways. I got a, a, a statement I'm going to read. It's by a man named Steve Eli. Listen to this. A person's spiritual condition is actually revealed by how engaged they are in winning and impacting their culture. We're the ones that's going to impact our culture, right? We're the ones that's going to win. You say, well, the culture's going bad. Maybe we're not impacting it right. We need to be out there impacting it. We need to be out there changing. It is imperative that we get our hands out. Bounce off the walls all you want in here. Study the tenets of faith until your head swells to hot air balloon size. But at the end of the day, what really matters is whether or not you're willing to leave the confines of the stadium seats and get on the field and go to war. You can learn all this stuff and you can just sit back and have all this knowledge, but you never put it into practice. It's like you said, your head just swells and then you're no good to not hardly anybody because they, oh, well, I know all this stuff. I have studied and studied, but I've never shared it. Anything less than that makes the rest nothing more than exercises in emotionalism and intellectualism. Without actual involvement in our community and our culture, we become nothing more than another self-help seminar, an institution of learning. We must become engaged. Guys, we must become engaged. We must re-engage ourselves if we have disengaged ourselves. You know, this will be... Um, my uncle had an old John Deere tractor, and the way you engaged it, it had this great big lever on it, and you had to push, and you had to, <clears throat> when you went in the gear, it would go, and those old John Deere's had two cylinders, and they were loud, blah, 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 but it never wouldn't go anywhere until you engaged it, and those were powerful engines, so our outward, Mark 16, 15 says, and then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. So we got to go out into the world and preach the good news to everybody. You know, sometimes that's just in the way that you present yourselves. That's a way to witness. 
a lot of times more than what you just throw out your mouth. The next thing is you've got to get into position. When you're playing football, as I said, you've got to get into position. Or if you're playing soccer or basketball or any sport, every, there's a position. And you've got to get in that position. If we want to see revival come, if we want to be an effective part of what God's doing, then we have to know our position and get fully engaged in it. Got to know what God has called you to do and get fully engaged in it. We as a church need to get fully engaged in what God has called us to do. Matthew 5, 13, your lives are like salt among the people. But if you like salt, become bland, how can your saltiness be restored? Flavorless salt is good for nothing and will be thrown out and trampled on by others. Think about it. You pick up the shaker off the table and you shake it and you're like, that's old. Especially my wife, she loves salt. Saltiness. Salt that has no flavor is no good, right? Might as well be thrown out. And then we need to be fully engaged, not partially, fully engaged. Ezekiel 22 30 says, I look for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. I search for someone to stand in the gap in the wall so I wouldn't have to destroy the land but I found no one so God's looking for somebody to stand in the gap he's looking for you to be the part of the body that he's called you to be and in the message Luke 14 34 says salt is excellent but if the salt goes flat it's useless good for nothing are you listening to this are you really listening are you really listening that you know we're to be salt you say, well, how do we do that? I want to give you a couple things here. First of all, how do we do that? We have the Word. We have the Word of God that we can read and study. We have the Word of God that's inside of us. That's how we do it. That's how we become salt. That's how we become fully engaged, by knowing God's Word and knowing our position. And when we know our position and we know God's Word, then we can, do, we can fully engage in what God's called us to do. We can fully be a part. We don't have to be kicked around and, you know, thought about like, well, I don't understand what I'm supposed to do. Get in the Word of God and see what you're supposed to do. See what part you are you might be. So we have the word. That's, one, that's the most important thing that God is, one of the most important things that God has given us. He's given us his word. And we have, it's up to us to understand it and learn it. Next, we have the power of the spirit. The power of the spirit comes in and, and when we read that word, it, it, it brings it to life to us. It helps renew our mind. The power of the spirit gives us the strength to go out and do what God has called us to do. We can't do it on our own. We have to have the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives and making us whole. The third thing is we have each other. Listen, when you're a part of something, you're part of it, you have each other. When you, you, you need to know, you know, you might need to go to somebody and say, help me. This is what I feel my gift in. How can I put it to, into effect? <coughs> Excuse me. Or maybe you see someone else with the same type gifting and you want to go to them and maybe somebody that's been doing it for years and you said, help me learn how to do my 
job. How to do what God has called me. Each other. Just go to somebody and say, pray for me. I know God's called me to do this, but I need to know how. Help me. Help me. And the last, but probably the most important, is we have prayer. We have the ability to pray to God and ask him questions. We have the ability to pray for each other. We have the ability to not only read the word, but to pray. Prayer is very important. We should pray every day. Prayer is, com you know, my definition of prayer is conversation with God. It's not a big, long, special thing that I have to wear a headdress and do all this stuff to pray. Prayer is conversation with God, and we need to be in conversation with God all the time. I don't know. I'm going to read a statement from a guy named H.B. London, and I don't know him. But he, made it, he said, we, when we pray for one another, God will enable you to keep strong what he has put together. You remember there used to be a statement, big statement, the family that prays together stays together. The body that prays together stays together. Right? When God has called us, we pray. We pray together. And we can be strong in what God has put together. God has put together a team here. God has put together a team in the whole body of Christ. God has put together a team in churches all over. And if we pray for each other, it will keep us strong. It will keep what God put together strong. Amen? And the last thing I'm going to say is we are a team. Did you know you were a team? Did you know you were on a team? You're on team image. You're a part of the team if you're here. No matter what you do, if you, just, if you say, well, all I do is pray, that's fine. You're a part of the team. All I do is this. It's fine. It takes every part to do it. So when we work as a team together, we can be strong. When we work as a team together, we can be strong. We can be effective in winning the world for Christ. We can be effective. You know what? We're not just trying to survive. We're working as a team. We're working as a team. And as a team, we have a mission. You know what? We want to hear when we go to be with Jesus, either now or when he comes back. You know what I want to hear? Yeah, I want to hear that. But you know what else I want to hear? Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. That's the same thing. You accomplished your mission. So guess what? We need to be engaged. You know, first we started out, well, you don't have those little things I have, but I have, I did have another symbol that had just, if you just have just a gear by itself, it's there to spin. But then when you totally get engaged, all the little gears are put together. And then when one turns, they all turn. When one stops, guess what? cannot stop everybody else so we need to be engaged we need to be engaged together we need to get re-engaged you know I'm thankful for the team that God has put together here and I'm thankful that we're able to do 
the things that we're able to do. And I just want to encourage you this morning. I'm not saying this because I think, well, y'all will just slack. I, I want us just to, sometimes we need to just be encouraged. We need to get back in our heart. You know what? We've had a rough year, but we're going to fight. We're going to get together. We're going to do what God has called us together. No matter what happens, no matter what the enemy says, God has called us to a purpose, and we're going to complete that purpose, and we're going to hear mission accomplished to do what God has called us to do, and it takes us all working together. Amen? Let's stand this morning. I'm just going to pray with you. You know, everybody bow their heads, close your eyes at home, you know, just raise your hand, just listen. I'll ask you a question this morning. Maybe there's parties that, you know, I hadn't been fully engaged. Or maybe I'm kind of new here and I just really hadn't got engaged. And you say this morning, I'm going to get back and I'm going to re-engage or I'm going to engage more than I ever have before. That's you just raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Everybody keep your eyes closed. You know, maybe it's in prayer. Maybe it's in whatever. Maybe, you, you know, maybe you've been out of church for a while. Maybe you're coming back to the Lord. Maybe you're doing whatever. Father, I just thank you this morning. I pray right now for every person. And every person that has their hands raised, every person at home that's listening. Lord, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we're going to, I've personally making a, a statement in my heart that I'm going to re-engage I'm going to get in more engaged than I have been. And that, Lord, we, there's no reason to slack off. And we're going to see God do, we're going to see you do what you've called us to do is by us being engaged. Father, we thank you this morning. Pray for everybody here. We pray for you. You are Lord God Almighty. Worthy is the Lord, worthy is the Lord, you are holy, holy, you are Lord God Almighty, worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb. Father, we just give you praise this morning and we thank you, Lord, for your spirit. We thank you for your anointing and your power. Lord, I pray your blessing upon your people here and watching online and wherever you may be. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we're a team and we're going forward. Lord Jesus, we give you all the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Hallelujah. few very quick announcements. Um, Wednesday night, we will continue our Wednesday night um, classes, our our discipleship. Please be here 6.30. Pastor Bill will be cooking his famous chicken bog. If you're not sure you want to eat that, that's fine. Uh, we 
welcome you to bring your own food or if you want to eat before you come, that's great. But 7 o'clock, we'll start our discipleship. So.